Welcome to Locked On NBA Draft. I'm your host, Lee Cooley. On this show, we'll be analyzing different NBA prospects every episode, presenting you with various perspectives on every prospect coming from the Locked On NBA hosts and NBA Draft experts. Today, you'll be hearing all you need to know about Jalen Sticks-Smith, a sophomore stretch big man from Maryland. With more on Smith, here's radio voice of the Utah Jazz and Locked On Jazz host, David Block. Jalen Smith... Uh, there's one thing that actually a NBA coach kind of pointed out to me to keep an eye on is like, how old were these guys when they kind of came out and, and, you know, so Jalen Smith, just if you kind of want to back it up, most high school freshmen are 15 and, you know, so they should play their, their high school years at 16, 17, 18, maybe 19, they're a freshman and 20, they, when they finish their sophomore season. So that's exactly what Jalen Smith has done. And he was born in March, and he's right on that path. So he didn't get held back. There's nothing tricky in here where he was a year older than everyone. That's kind of one of the first things that I always like to check when I look at a guy. All right, let me give you some basics on him. He's 6'10", he's 225, he played two years at Maryland. His He was a third-team All-American this year. And he was a Big Ten first-team all-defense this year, though that is questionable to me. Some of the signs that you want, like in a player's career, like that they're going to be a big-time NBA player, the first sign is, did they play the Nike Hoop Summit? That's where most NBA players came. Your next one is, were you a McDonald's All-American? And then from there, he hits every check mark. So he's Nike Hoop Summit 2018, Jordan Brand Classic 2018, McDonald's All-American 2018, and then fresh Big Ten freshman uh all first-team freshmen at Maryland, and then third-team all So he's progressing. What's wild about him to me is he's projected around where the Jazz sit. I'm surprised by this. I will watch two games of every player. This is my first game with him. I'm going to watch the next game where they play Minnesota and give you another take on an upcoming show. So this is not my final consensus on him. But here's what I watched him play Michigan State. Um, Maryland lost that game uh, to Michigan State. Uh, it was funny because they like had Masters commercials, like the Masters was coming up, and and some things like that. But so and and let's look. And in, in this game, um, he ended up having twenty points and twelve rebounds. Uh, he averaged just to give you some numbers, and then I'll give you the breakdown of what I saw: sixteen points and eleven rebounds this year. He's six ten. He shot fifty four percent from the field and sixty percent from two and thirty seven percent from three. His numbers were up. From 47 to 54 percent as a fresh a freshman to sophomore, his three point shooting was from 27 to 37 percent freshman to sophomore, and his 12 points went to 16 points. The thing that jumps out to me most about him is what he did in the Big Ten this year. He shot 50 in 20 Big Ten games. He shot 56 percent for the field, 41 percent from three. In those 20 games, he scored 335 points. So he averaged about 17 points a game. And he grabbed about 11 rebounds. That, to me, is pretty interesting. So he almost reminiscent, actually, of Donovan. If you go back and look at Donovan's ACC year, he really clicks in. And even more so, if you kind of take him you know, obviously the season gets cut short. But if you take his final 11 games, he averages 16 points, 12 rebounds. 
He shoots 54% from the field. He only shot 29% from three after that. He got cold as the year went on. Shot 65% from two. Here's what I saw in the game I watched him. Skinny and long. 6'10", skinny, long. He lacks the size, so he doesn't impact people on his screens. He doesn't own his own space very well. Um, the screening can be taught. Like, he he doesn't own his area. He's too skinny. His lower body's too weak. He popped out for a three on two different occasions. Quick release, comfortable, nice touch, and he's shooting it on the way up. So that should be able to extend out no problem on the NBA level. He's active but not impactful defensively. Uh, he plays a college game. In other words, he's playing in the post all the time. He's... uh. He's offensively and defensively. He's not going out and having to guard in space very often. He does seem to get beat pretty quickly in space. He moved laterally a little bit, but they don't have him pressuring very much. They have him playing a very soft kind of uh, area. He's not switching a great deal. You're going to have to look at him and translate his skill set into a pro player. He plays with energy. So, like, first thing, does he play hard? That's always the first thing I want to know. Okay, does he play hard? Second thing is, does he make plays that make you say, wow, he's an NBA player? And the answer is absolutely. He had a rebound where the ball came off the glass, got out of his area behind him. He was able to reach back, tap it a few times and control it. He had an incredible play where at a full speed sprint, pass was thrown out in front of him. He catches it with one hand, running out of bounds, saves it to the corner. Incredible dexterity and athleticism. So it's 6'10", 220, moves well. He has upper body strength, but no, doesn't seem to have lower body strength. Does that change? Does he gain that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure he can rebound with contact right now because of his lack of lower body strength. Doesn't really make himself available on the pick and roll, so that's at least in the game I saw against Michigan State. Um, so he'll have to work on that. But then there was this play. So he pump fakes at what was pretty close to the NBA three-point line. He goes right with one dribble and in two big steps is at the basket for a layup. Whoa. Like, holy beep. That was the play. Like, that play is an NBA play. The catch and shoot threes, NBA play. Reach back, tap the ball. It's all there. Kind of incredible, actually. When he made that play on the drive, I actually went to Kevin O'Connor's, the Ringers draft prospect, to see like he, like he's got to be 12th or 13th. He has him as 25th. 20 years old, 7'1.5 wingspan, 6'10 height, weights 225. Fine. So here's what he can't do. He's not very good back to the basket to hold his ground post get a p- position. He'll never have to do that in the NBA. He's not great if somebody backs in. He's playing Michigan State in the big, strong, kind of six-foot-eight middle linebackers, traditional Michigan State center, pounding into him. He wasn't great defensively on that. Great. He'll never have to do that in the NBA. I'm not sure he was great covering space defensively. Okay, that's an issue. Like that, he'll have to figure out. And the picking and the lack of size on picks, you know what? He's going to play the four. They're going to switch it anyway. But he could shoot on the way up. He had a one dribble drive to the basket from the top of the key and he got a rebound out of space. Holy smokes. Like to me, that's real. Like I'm in. 
16 points, 11 rebounds. 11 rebounds means he can't be that weak. There's some instinctual just skill level getting that because he's not getting it out of strength. 37% three-point shooting on 38. Like, There's a lot here, people. Like, He's the first college kid I've watched in a draft that's supposed to be terrible, and I got to admit, I kind of liked him. Like, not kind of liked him, actually. I can't get that one play out of my head. Probably why I'm not a college scout. But holy smokes, how many guys in this draft are there at six foot ten who can go get the ball at the top of the key, put it on the deck in one dribble, and be on the rim? I mean, there's a certain point where what you're drafting is insane athleticism and skill, and then you add up the checked off every box. Well, that's why he's a hoop summit guy. That's what... all right. Let's look at some of his numbers. So I have a theory on how to look at college players' numbers. I think you break it into three categories. Athleticism, shooting, and creating. And we will do that when we continue on Locked on Jazz Next to see whether or not what I'm seeing and my excitement is actually legitimate. Don't worry, you'll get to hear Locked On Jazz's David Locke's aforementioned method of measuring college players up next and how Jalen Smith measures up as a pro prospect in the eyes of Locke. But first, I want to tell you about Bilko. Bilko is a product made by the same wonderful group that brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. Bilko is designed to get us through a wall. What's your wall? For me, Bilko helps me break through energy lulls when I'm working. I have a Bilko and I'm good to go. Bilko makes you the best at whatever you do, whether it's running, lifting weights, or just working through a long day at the office. Bilko makes you the best at whatever you do. Bilko comes in easy to take around 1.5 ounce packages you can put in a briefcase or even in your pocket. Bilko is the top workout gel on the market and comes in delicious flavors such as my favorite, chocolate mint. Delectable. And it's good for you too. Bilko is made combining energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, which means it gets into your system fast, and thankfully it's easy on your stomach too. Visit Bilko and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on NBA Draft if you haven't already, and let your NBA Draft-loving friends know too. They'll find great analysis on draft prospects from Locked on NBA hosts each and every episode. And now, as promised, here is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz and host of Locked on Jazz, David Locke, describing how he measures college prospects and how well Jalen Smith stacks up in his eyes. So how does Jalen Smith look in the numbers? So I just told you a moment ago I have a system. So here's what it is. For athleticism, I really think you look predominantly at shooting in transition or numbers in transition and isolation numbers. Okay, so that tells me if he's an athlete. Transition, he was in the 99th percentile. He went 24 of 29 from the field. He... Shot 83%. Let me contrast that for a second. Zion Williamson in transition was in the 92nd percentile last year. Okay, isolation. Didn't do it. One for two. Okay, non-factor. Hard to... So, our athletic 
measurements we have are off the charts. Now, pick and roll is what I think about playmaking. He didn't run the pick and roll as the ball handler all year. That's not his game. He doesn't pass. I would say that about him as a negative. I didn't see a lot of pass. And as the pick and roll man, he was only average. I would totally agree with seeing that. He looked maybe even kind of below average in the sense that he doesn't set a good pick and he doesn't get himself open. I think he becomes a pick and pop big if he ever is a center in the pick and roll. So last year, Jackson Hayes was in the 95th percentile of all <clears throat> like players in that category. Um, and Brandon Clark was in the 78th percentile. P.J. Washington was kind of not very good at it. Grant Williams was in the 80th percentile. Rui Hoshimura was in the 80th percentile. So this is not great. So, okay, that's not good. Shooting. I always look at a few things. Spot up, catch and shoot, catch and shoot unguarded. Okay? So those are the three kind of numbers. So spot up shooting... He was in the 74th percentile of all players with an effective field goal percentage of 55%. He was just 12 of 31 for the year. Uh, not a lot. You know, won a game, kind of a spot-up open opportunity. Let's go look at his catch-and-shoot numbers. He was 30 of 87, just 35%. Effective field goal percentage, 51%. That is in the 56th percentile. Not great um, numbers there. Uh, unguarded, he was in the 60, he shot 65%, 78th percentile. You'd be surprised, those numbers don't sound great. You'd be surprised how bad college players are. Guys in last year's draft that open catch and shoot was in the 78th percentile or better, Ja Morant, Cameron Johnson, who turned out to really be able to shoot it. And that's it. Of the top 22. I only did the top 22 picks. <clears throat> right. That's it. Oh, and Kobe White. Okay. Those are the three guys who were better catch and shoot last year in the draft than this six foot ten guy is this year. Now they, they had all taken more. How about overall catch and shoot? The fact that you know, that's not great. He only shot his effective field goal percentage was 50%. Guys that were better. John Morant, DeAndre Hunter, Kobe White, PJ Washington, dead eye shooter, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Cameron Johnson, Grant Williams, Rui Horshimura. I could all play a little. Tyler Hero was right on it. He's 6'10". Okay, does he have any game off the dribble? Can he create for himself? No. He only took five shots all year off the dribble. Okay, so you've got a 6'10", crazy athlete who can shoot it all right. I'm pretty intrigued. I got to tell you, I'm pretty intrigued. Jalen Smith seems to pass Locke's test, but let's see what Chad Ford and Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu have to say about Smith and Locked on Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, comparing Big Board's episode. Let's talk about Maryland's Jalen Smith, another guy that's been rising on my board, a, a, a player that teams see his ability to stretch the floor, also play inside, protect the rim, um, plays really hard. 
definitely questions about who he's going to defend uh, at the next level. Um, you're not a big fan. Where do you have Jalen Smith on your board? Yeah, I have him as like a late first round, early second round guy. Um, he's, he's not the type of player I would really, really consider in the lottery uh, for a couple. I mean, for a couple reasons. First of all, I think he's a pure five. I just, you know, I've seen him live a couple times and I just, I can't get over the movement stuff. He's, he's pretty stiff. He doesn't cover ground super well as a help defender. You know, he can protect the rim if you're going to run a play right at him. Um, but he was sometimes a step slow there. I just, I don't think he's that athletic and, you know, because he can shoot and because he is big, um, you know, obviously those are two things that are going to get you on the floor. You know, if we're talking about what we're looking for in a center, just for a role player, those are important things. And, uh, you know, I can see that being a pathway for him, but, um, you know, to me, I view him as a pure, pure five. I don't see like the, you know, increasingly now, if you're going to be a four, even a stretch four, if you're a bigger four, you know, you got to be able to play in the flow. You got to be able to make little, little plays and make the right pass. And, you know, the IQ factor I think is important when we're talking about, you know, who can be a four versus who is a pure five. I'm not sure he's there. Uh, so, so for me, I'm, I'm just a little bit lower because I, I view him as more of a one position player with limited uh, utility. If he's not a high ball screen threat to pick and pop. There's a lot of variability on him. And especially as you start getting into the twenties, a lot of variability. I could have listed 30 to 40, maybe 30 to 45. And even players that I had 45, I could find a team or two that might have them ranked in the mid twenties. You know, for example, there seems to be a lot of parity there. Interestingly enough, unlike Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu, who you just heard voice concerns about Smith's mobility and defense dropping him to late first round, early second round territory when talking with Chad Ford, Chad Ford has Jalen Smith ranked 16th on his big board. Here's what he has to say about what he considers to be around a lottery level talent. Big man out of Maryland, a sophomore. Really put up great numbers at Maryland this year. 22 points a game, nine rebounds a game, two assists, two steals, two blocks. It's, again, a question for him about can he guard guys on the perimeter? Does he have that lateral quickness? And does he have the body strength to defend bigs uh, in the paint? His ability to, like, stretch the floor and to take players outside and and the soft touch that he has around the basket and and his rebounding and shot blocking and hustle ability all are really high. And he's been slowly just kind of bubbling up. I'm in this draft again because I think bigs that can really shoot the basketball and can protect the rim are just really intriguing. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Please subscribe to Locked On NBA Draft if you haven't already. We are available anywhere you might get your podcast. You'll get the best NBA draft coverage on players your team might be interested in. I'm Leif Tulane. I'm still with you, and we're still talking about six foot ten stretch big man from Maryland, Jalen Smith. We've heard some different thoughts on Smith, and here are mine. Smith has a lot of potential to be a stretch four if he can slide laterally well enough. But in an ever-changing league, I believe it would be easier for him and more beneficial for him to play a stretch five in a league that is more and more focused on shooting and there are fewer dominant bruising bigs that would take advantage of him on the block. He still has the length to deter drives with his seven foot one and a half inch wingspan. He is mobile for a center and displayed high-level rebounding instincts, averaging 13.4 rebounds per 40 minutes in a big-dominated league in the Big Ten. 
He shoots well from the college three and shows a quick release and sound mechanics, which bode well for the NBA. If Smith can put on some muscle, particularly in his lower body, to help him fight for position when defending on the block and rebounding, I believe Smith would be a steal in this draft and could be a variable, very valuable for a team to have as a six foot ten, three point shooting power forward or center rotation piece. What team wouldn't want that? Those are my thoughts on Jalen Smith, who seems to be a divisive prospect. Here, are Portland Trailblazers beat writer and Locked On Blazers host Mike Richmond. All right. So we talked Jalen Smith's two seasons at Maryland in the first segment. Prolific rebounder, All-American, one of the best players in college basketball. Those types of things usually spell high-level draft pick. But he wasn't going to be a high-level draft pick if he had come out after his freshman year. Raised his stock considerably in his sophomore year. So what do scouts think of his strengths and weaknesses? Now, before we get into that, I want to give my typical caveat because I think it's important. Like I said, this is our third draft profile segment. If you have not listened to the other profiles, we talked about Sadiq Bey and Aaron Neesmith, two wings that are likely to go in the mid-teens or if not the late lottery. But I don't watch college basketball, y'all. I'm a Chapel Hill native who watches every single Carolina basketball game. But I don't watch, I don't watch the rest of it. So I've never seen Jalen Smith play. At this point... I've seen 35, maybe 40 minutes of his YouTube highlights. He makes a lot of shots in those highlights. So I am bringing you strengths and weaknesses as called together from excellent services. The Ringer, ESPN, The Athletic. These are thoughts of people who know more than me. Kevin O'Connor, Sam Vecini, Mike Schmidt, and Jonathan Giovoni. I'm not faking the funk. I am merely aggregating the experts. So here's what the experts have to say about Jalen Smith. These are people who actually watch college basketball. I'll let them tell you. I'll just be the voice that does it. The experts, those that know, say that Jalen Smith's got great mechanics on a jump shot and range out to the three-point line. Shot 37% from three as a, as a sophomore. Obviously, it's college three-point line and two-and-a-half attempts a game is it a bunch, but he's big and can shoot and is willing to shoot. He's a modern NBA big man. He's also pretty much a threat all over the court because he's a good finisher inside. He's got touch to finish with both hands. He can finish with power. He can finish on, you know, there's a bunch of highlights of big old crushing putback dunks. He will, he will put it on somebody. But because he can shoot and he's, has a little bit of skill in between in those in between games. He can he can score at all three levels, and the defense has to respect him at all three levels. He's not going to break dudes down with his ball handling ability, but he can shoot and he can finish around the rim. And if you can do those things, you are a threat everywhere, and you're always a threat with the ball in your hands. He's also just plays really hard. Is what is what the scouts say. Both ESPN and the Ringer both highlighted that he just plays hard. Sprints the court in transition, even though he's big, out-hustles people for rebounds. He's what they would call a high-motor player. It's also a good shot blocker. Uh, I think there's, we'll talk about that in a second, I think there's concerns about his defense, but there's not concerns about him being a shot blocker. He's a guy who blocked two and a half shots per game in college. He's just, he has a great, the scouts say, particularly Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer highlighted this, is that this that he has a real sense of timing when he uh, when he blocks shots. 
ESPN highlighted that he he blocks out well for a guy his size. And I think that's an important thing to note because usually big athletes don't block out at all because it's just not something that's um, super fundamental in the modern basketball. It's it's a lot of just be big, go get it. And I think and anytime someone highlights a big man willing to block out, probably says he's a, a high-level rebounder who kind of gets how rebounding works, willing to be physical to get the ball, not just gigantic. So those are his strengths. A guy who can score at three levels, who plays hard, grabs rebounds, and is and is physical as he does it. But the weaknesses are that there's not a lot more to his game. He's not this sort of like guard in a giant man's body. He's not breaking people down off the dribble, and he's not a great passer. But the weakness that's actual concern and the reason why he might fall down draft boards is that there are real serious concerns about his ability to defend at the NBA level. Not just blocking shots. Blocking shots is nice, but y'all watch Hassan Whiteside all year long. You know you can be among the league leaders in the NBA in blocking shots and not be a good defensive player. And I think that's the concern with Jalen Smith, is that he is just not quick enough and not mobile enough laterally to defend what he's going to have to defend at the NBA level. So how much can a big guy play if he's going to get blown past a bunch or if he can't switch out onto guards? I don't think the only, the only the Golden State Warriors convinced us every team had to be super switchy. And while I think that's still a virtue in the league, it's less a virtue the way the Blazers specifically play and maybe it's less a virtue in the in as the league gets away from all smalls, but the league didn't get totally away from that. If you watch the playoffs this year, there were plenty of times, particularly in the East, where teams got rid of centers and said, let's let's go, let's go with five dudes who are six, nine, and under and see what happens. Being big is never going to go out of style in the NBA. That's just not going to happen. But being versatile is always preferred. And Jalen Smith just might not be a good enough NBA defender to really be a high-level player. He might be a good enough offensive player and a good enough shot blocker and rebounder to be a, a really solid player, it sounds like. That's why he's projected to go in the middle of the first round. But real concerns about his defense hold him back. And I think every scouting report I read, except for one really funny one on uh, Sports Illustrated that said he was a good defender, good defensive player. Sounds like someone who watched about as much college basketball as me. But... If all of the sources that I respect the most say he's a bad defensive player, I'm willing to I'm willing to jump on board and say this dude might be a bad defensive player. In fact, Sam Vecini of The Athletic, who has wonderful draft profiles, deep mock drafts with with deep dives on on prospects and goes deeper on individual prospects here and there leading up to the draft, says that he probably would rank Jalen Smith about 30th best prospect in the draft and had him rated as a second rounder in a previous mock draft before a bunch of teams called him and, and got he got more intel on teams and they basically said, told him, his sources have told him that there's no way really that Smith drops out of the top 25. So he moved him way up on the draft board after hearing that info. But I think there's real concerns. And if you are big and can't defend, it's... You're harder to hide in the league. They'll go at you every time down the floor. But he can shoot, he can rebound, and he's 6'10". Being a big offensive player, that's a strength. As much as the concerns about his defense are probably real and warranted, or they are real and probably warranted, I think there's a certain level of production that pushes you up to 
worth taking a flyer in the middle of the first round. And the Blazers find themselves in the middle of the first round, and Jalen Smith very well could be worth taking a flyer on. That's it for today on Locked on NBA Draft. We have lots more draft prospects to come in the few weeks leading up to NBA Draft on November 18th, so you know where to get all your information on all your favorite teams and prospects. Check out the episode on Aaron Neesmith and the one on Josh Green. And next up on the docket is Sadiq Bey of Villanova. Thanks for listening today. This has been Locked On NBA Draft. I'm your host, Leif Tulin.